Good riddance to 2020. What a terrible year. 2020 is like going 15 and 67 and only getting the fourth pick in the lottery. 2020 is like doing knuckle push-ups without protection. 2020 is like drafting Wes Johnson over DeMarcus Cousins. 2020 is like trading Brandon Roy for Randy Foy. 2020 is like the Joe Smith fiasco. 2020 is like drafting Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. No, it wasn't that bad. Welcome to episode 145 of Wolf's Cast, the show whose New Year's resolution is to play at least a little bit of defense. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. We back. My resolution is to play basketball with other humans oh, next year. Oh, that is a good one. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, it's funny how the resolution usually means like something you're going to do, but that's not really how it, something like this works, right? Like, not really in my we're control. Waiting, we're waiting on the world to get back to us on, uh, on pickup hoops here. Right, exactly. My 2020 resolution is to attend a Timberwolves game in person. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, let, let us know what your, uh, your basketball or otherwise uh, resolutions are here as, uh, as we record uh, the last show of 2020. You will be hearing this on the first day, hopefully, of uh, 2021. Congratulations, you made it. I'm a big New Year's person. Uh, it's yeah. one of my top three favorite holidays. you got MLK Day, of course. I've talked about that on the pod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, the turkey flop. Of Ooh, course, yes. And uh, then New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day. I, uh, my five-year anniversary is New Year's Day, which is tomorrow. Oh. We're recording this on New Year's Eve, everybody. Oh my gosh! And uh, so it'll be my five-year wedding anniversary. So it's like every year to celebrate our anniversary, everyone goes out and parties until midnight. It's amazing. That's right. Everyone's so, uh, everyone's uh, hungover. Little <laughs> weird this year, but I love that. You know, New Year's is a holiday. That you can celebrate with everybody. There's no religious or cultural tie-ins to that. It's yep. just a flipping of a calendar, yeah. a rebirth, a renewal. And so everyone can celebrate together. And the official way to celebrate it is just party. You know, have a drink. Just stay party. up late. These are my, some of my favorite things to do in life. That's right. Yeah, you're right. That is a good part. I've never thought about that. Like, the same thing happens all around the world. You know, we all count down to, to the new year and it's a celebration. So you will be hearing this in 2021. And for us, we are... Almost out of this Ooh. terrible year, like we referenced at the top. Uh, yeah. Just a few more hours. Yeah, totally. So uh, welcome to Wolf's Cast. We're back. We took a little week off there for the holiday last week and uh, hopefully enjoyed the you know, the season preview shows with uh, John Meyer and then uh, Wolf's Cast uh, Jeopardy 2020 with uh, Robert. So uh, go back and check out those if you haven't. But now we're, hey, we're into the regular season. We're rolling. It's time to get back to the format of this show, y'all. So today on the show, we have a week recap we have a full court press where we're going to talk about uh, some of our, you know, takeaways from the first few games of Timberwolves basketball. We have a sponsor. We're going to do some uh, freezing cold takes. Snows uh, on the ground and the cold takes are already brewing. Oh yeah, we have weekly wolfies and a game, of course. So stick around throughout the whole show. We got a good one planned here for you. But first, let's get to week recap here. Scott, Timberwolves basketball is back. We've been saying that for a little while now, but now it's really official. Now it's really the games count. Oh, yeah. And we have begun counting. Uh, we are two and two after the first weekend. And Neil, if during our season preview podcast, I said, we're going to be playing Detroit, Utah, Lakers, and Clippers. The last three are all on the road. 
Would you be happy with a two and two record? Oh yeah, that's maybe a one and three if we're lucky. Yeah. And the way we looked in the preseason, it was like, oh dang, we're gonna lose like our first ten games or something. It was a possibility, but here we are at five hundred after playing the defending champs. You know, so pretty psyched about that. Obviously, we're gonna go into the details of what happened. So let's let's stop beating around the bush. Let's hop right into the season opener, the only game at Target Center of oh, the past yeah. week. It was a win versus Detroit, 111 to 101. Did not feel like it was going to be a win. Most of the game was. Yeah. I mean, basically, we're, it felt like we kept it even, but like basically they were kind of up 10 for the first half, it felt like, and we were just not letting them get away with it. And it didn't feel like we started playing that well. It's just that the Pistons aren't very good. You know, It felt like more yeah. of a, this isn't a very good team. They're letting us stay in it. And that's what happens when you let a team stay in it. We came back in the fourth, got that, finally got some things clicking, some shots started falling, and uh, we pulled away with the victory there. Yeah, the come from behind win there. Although the score was, you know, ten point ten point win, but uh, but yeah, they had had to play from behind there. Had to had to come back in that one. Uh, but yeah, that was the the exciting home opener. Uh, you know, Towns uh, Towns played pretty well, and uh, I'm trying to think who else who else was uh, starring. Culver looked in great in the first oh, two yeah. games. Detroit yeah. and Utah. Culver was a real star. Yep. Um, yeah, and you know, like I said, the shots really weren't falling in the first half, but Beasley kind of made a few at the end of the game, and yeah. D'Lo, so everyone started hitting the shots that you had hoped they would hit all game long. It just felt like finally we broke the seal in the fourth corner. Shout out to our zone defense. Oh, that's the thing. Ryan yes. Saunders yes. Uh, tricking the Detroit Pistons by slipping into <laughs> zone defense. Yeah. Uh, as Ricky said after the game, I love, this is going to be a recurring thing, the quotes Ricky is giving in the post-game, just, post-game press conferences are just perfect. And he's Brutally like, honest. Yeah, the, the Zone defense is when your defense fails. He says it's a sign that you're you're not good enough at defense that you have to go to zone. And so like yeah. it's like yeah, it worked out here, but really it's not something a good team. He says you know that's that means your defense is broken when you yeah. have to go to you zone. Don't, you don't want to hang your hat on your uh, zone defense. Abilities. So yeah, not a good sign defensively, but at the same time, I liked where Ryan was going. I felt like he had a pretty interesting week as a coach, you know, and some yeah. of his decisions, his in-game decisions, obviously his decisions with the roster after some injuries that we'll talk about. But I thought this was a good reflection of, of uh, you know, I felt like Flip, <laughs> Drip Saunders, Drip, drip Saunders, Young drip. RIP Flip, Drip, uh, you know, he made some right calls about seeing that Layman wasn't playing good. Yeah. He wasn't out there in the fourth. He closed, mm-hmm. I mean, Anthony Edwards was good in the first two games, but instead he decided to close it with a lineup of Rubio, D'Lo, Beasley, Okogi, uh, Towns, which oh, is yeah. really what did it for us in the yeah. fourth quarter. And Okogi on, on, uh, on, uh, on Blake. Uh, Griffin, yeah. Oh, it was great. He did much better yeah. than I thought. You know? Yeah, I can defend fours maybe. We'll oh, see. Man, so I thought I thought Ryan and also use, choosing when to you know drip in a little zone defense, as it were. Uh, yeah. I feel like he made some good decisions in this game. Yeah, totally. So the Wolves got, you know, that's that's a good way to start the season. In the broadcast, they reminded us that the Wolves have actually won many of their season openers over the last few years. Yeah. Um, but I think the stat was they were, you know, they mostly take place on the road. Like the last four were all on the road or something like that. Yeah. So no fans in the building, but at least they uh, got it done at home. Um, but yeah, they kept going a few nights later. Uh, you know, they got a little break there. And on uh, on Saturday, they got the win um, in, uh, in Utah, in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yes. 116 to 111. Meg was not a fan of the court. Oh, I know this yeah. is a controversial opinion drama. online. But yeah, drama. Kind of weird. They had their city edition court going with the sunset pattern and stuff. Uh, 
Yeah, I thought this was obviously the this best game of the season. Yeah, this so is far. how you dream of the Wolves playing. Uh, just very competitive, didn't have any long stretches where they were just, you know, not running the offense or taking plays off on defense. They yep. were really pulling the rope together. And, uh, yeah, really good one. I mean, especially in the first half, that offense, 68 points in the first half and had a 15 point lead. That was, that was like, oh my gosh, what is happening here? It's all, it's all happening. It's all coming together. The offense is, is singing. It's not too many times that this happens over the course of a season for a Wolves fan, but it was one of those games where you just feel a little delirious. You're like, how good can these Wolves be? Right. What is the ceiling yeah. for this team? And Especially early on. It's like when it's one of the first games of the year and you don't like have a lot of like data to go on. You're right. Like, Maybe this is it. Maybe this know. is the team. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we won't know if that is the team because right. Cat didn't play in the next two games. He got injured. There was two scary moments in Utah. Nas went down hard on his shoulder oh, in the first yeah. half. It looked like... Like he might have been, uh, you know, potentially some missed time, but he came back. And unfortunately, Cat actually Cat did come back in the game, but he was at that point had a dislocated wrist that he was playing with that it will yeah. keep him out indefinitely. Um, so that's uh, that's the bummer in Utah is the injuries, but you know, at least we got the win and we're, that that awesome performance, that whole team performance is going to have to hold us over until whenever Cat comes back <laughs> because now we're watching the backup plan. Yeah, you know? that'll be the last good one we have to yeah, like, we, think back on. And that's you know, say like for example, maybe even like if Cat were to miss the season, we could be we would be the Timberwolves fans who'd be like, but 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 remember the first two games of the season when Cat was healthy. Yeah, this was a two and O team. Remember them. Yeah, everyone wants to remember the sixty games. <laughs> Games after Cat was injured, but let's just remember the beginning. Yes, because that that was so good. So if if he had to get hurt, at least he went out on a game that we will be happy to remember. All right, so that was uh, that was Saturday, and then the team had to experience their first back to back schedule loss, which there will be many of uh, here this year as they traveled to L.A. Uh, and played the very next night, uh, losing to the Lakers uh, ninety one to one twenty seven on Sunday, and it wasn't even that close. <laughs> It makes it seem closer yeah. than it was. Yeah, no Anthony Davis in this game, no Towns. Uh, but, man, the Lakers just, just was, blew the doors off the Wolves in this one. I know they won by, what, 38 yeah. points or something? Yeah. But at least uh, it wasn't – I mean, at least that looked better than the game. It was as bad of a blowout as there really can be. Uh, everything was falling for the Lakers. Kuzma hit four three-pointers to start the game. The Lakers made their first six in the game total. So. Yeah, and – so it was just there was never a point where it was competitive. The Wolves were down twenty in the first quarter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this game was over, and so it stinks when a game's not competitive because there's no real takeaways you can draw from it. It's yeah. not like we can watch the fourth quarter offense and be like, hmm, well, now I can see that Cat and I mean D'Lo and Ricky will play. No, you can't take anything away from a blowout yeah. because it's just terrible, and it's one of those things where you know when you're you know haven't made a shot and five times down the court they're on a twelve to zero run or something, and you're just trying to get a three and everything's clanking out, whereas the Lakers, they're up by 30 points. There's no pressure on those threes. That's why they're hitting all their yeah. threes. Is that basically, they're, one, the Timberwolves' defense sucks. But also, when you're up <laughs> that big, space, yeah. you're just taking shots for fun. It's, it's the easy. same thing as practice shots, basically. Yeah. And so yeah. everything was going in for them. Yeah. Nothing Kuzma was going in for Kuzma was us. great. He was great right away. I think. Yeah, no he, Anthony Davis in this game, by the way. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, that's like I said, it's a scheduled loss in a certain sense because not only did we – it was at the second night of a back-to-back, we had to change time zones between True. Uh, those two games. So already – those are the conditions for a yeah. automatic loss, but they're throwing the fact that it's the defending champs. And I was like, well, if we have to play the defending champs, at least we can make it a one of these schedule losses. Uh, 
had a little bit more hope uh, for Tuesday. Uh, stay staying in town, so it's not even like there was a whole lot of traveling going on. Yeah. Because, and but, the hotel is right there. The team hotel is right on like on premises. I don't even think you need to get in a vehicle. I think you can like enter underground. <laughs> so it's like super nice. Yeah. Which and the, the LA teams, that's going to be a, a the 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 LA back to back. I mean, that was already something in normal NBA seasons that you'd see teams do is like, okay, we're staying in town. We'll play the Clippers and the Lakers. But especially now, you're going to see every team do that when they come yep. to town. You're going to knock both of them out. You might even play the same team twice or whatever. So and also good. with the Lakers game, you knew like they didn't have a shoot around. You know, they got they probably got into town yeah. at like three or four a.m. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you know they probably skipped shoot around so the players could get some sleep. And so they had no time to game plan for what they would do without Towns. So like I don't blame them for looking lost. Unfortunately, with the Clippers, you know, you had two days there. I mean, one day off, I guess, in Monday. Right. You would hope that the team still would, three games and four nights. Yeah, three games and four nights. Yeah, you're right. That's very tough. All you know on the road. So but again, that's how the season's going to be. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna hit this over and over again. I mean, it's still notable because it's yeah. not normal for you know this season, but like or for for other seasons. But that's how this year is going to be. Lots more back to backs. Lots more three and four. Oh yeah, uh, Dave Ben said on the broadcast during the Clippers game that. They had the two days off from the Clippers day. They have Wednesday off, Thursday, which is the day we're recording. Tomorrow they're back. And from that point forward, they will not have two consecutive off days wow. again for the rest of the season that's been revealed, the Enjoy rest of the now. scheduled games. Yeah. So, yeah, Timberwolves fans, and get ready to watch the Timberwolves basketball either every <laughs> night or every other every night. Every other night, pretty much, for the whole year. Which is fine by me, everybody. I'm not going anywhere. But, yeah, the loss uh, against the Clippers, 101-124 Also on seems Tuesday. closer than the game was. This was another blowout. Yeah, this one at least was... It was competitive know, for, like, the first, first eight, nine minutes. Yeah, the, I wrote down the quote from Jim Pete. It was interesting for the first... Nine minutes is what he said. So, yep. a lot so yeah, of, uh, the Wolves took like a 16 to six lead or something like that, like at the beginning of the game. So they were looking really good, which was nice to see after the, you know, terrible Lakers loss. And it was like, okay, cool. They, they have a little bit of life, but they were just outmatched even without uh, Kawhi Leonard in this game. Uh, you know, just uh, no Kogi, you know, who got hurt in the LA game, the, the previous LA game. And so they were just they were. I mean, again, the Clippers and Lakers are two of the three, four best teams in the league. And yeah, even uh, without Kawhi. You know, it's just so deep. They're just crazy. They're They're crazy deep deep team. I mean, they're bringing Lou Williams and (sighs) Lou Kennard and, and, uh, you know, all these other guys off the bench. And it's just like, man, I don't know. They're, they're, they're a super great deep team and they're already, uh, looking, looking pretty nice out there. So yeah, we got, we got the full, the full Clippers, the full Clippers effect. Uh, but yeah, it was a blow at halftime. You know, Wolves did not look good. Bad defense. Um, Lou just, Williams looks like he's playing with cheat codes on. Just like all the paint points you can want for the Clippers, just like every time. It was so easy for him. So really, really gro- gross game. Terrible game for Culver, too. Looked like rookie year Culver again, missed all of his shots. He yep. was blowing you know easy bunnies at the rim, tough missing to free see. throws. Yeah, tough to see. It was really Regression uh, last game. season Culver. So, you know, but everyone played bad. Like everybody played bad yeah. in this game except like Jared Vanderbilt in garbage time, you know. Looked yeah. pretty looked pretty spry. But uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like we we're kind of digging into some of our takeaways from the first few games. So, why don't we do this in full court press? Here's the tip. Yep, full court press takeaways from the first few games. Let's just start it there. Let's start with some broad takes from what we've seen uh, through four games. Like, what, I don't know, what do we think? I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to, we have a whole section on injuries and, and on Anthony Edwards, but, um, but, you know, just, I don't know, Scott, what, what pops out to you from the first four games uh, beyond those things? Uh, well, I think obviously, uh, 
it's tough because it's a tale of two, two, two wins and two losses in the mm-hmm. sense that with those two wins, we had Towns uh, on the floor, Okogi, and the defense looked slightly better than I expected. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, Detroit was actually kind of a weird game. It was more of them being bad than us being good on defense, but, and we had to go into zone, which Ricky says is when your defense <laughs> fails. But the zone worked. But it worked enough, and we kept them to 101 points, you know. Yeah. And then Utah, you know, we kept them to 111 points. They have better scorers on their team than... Detroit does, um, but I think I, they're going to be one of the best offenses this year at Utah. I mean, they got so much shooting. I oh, mean, yeah. they're going to be up there. So to be able to hold them down and to win that game was was big. So yeah. So yeah, the defense looked good there, but then the defense, you know, without Cat against the L.A. teams was even worse than you could ever imagine. It was, I mean, the Just equivalent Matador. of playing no defense. Yeah. Like, would no defense have been better? You know, actually, because. They were just like it, they were. All their threes were going in. It wasn't like anyone was defending them at all. There's a Wolves guy standing there, but it didn't seem like their presence, uh, you know, made the, any of the shooters feel bad. Well, the Wolves haven't been able to really stop anybody. Uh, it's a continuing tale. So looking at that, it's like, oh my god! Especially uh, without Cat. Now, how how will we ever win a game without Cat? Because with the defense that's out there, when I mean, I said it on the podcast before. This team is not built to have Cat go out for any length of time because there's no front court depth yeah, at all. Yeah, they really have one true center. Yeah, and so <laughs> and when Cat's gone, it's just like there's really no defense at all, which is yeah. weird to say because Cat's not known for his defense. Uh, but it was just pathetic, both those L.A. games, just as terrible of defense as you can actually play. And, and I think it's interesting to sort of like, yeah, think of it that way. Is like, do you just totally write off those L.A. games like without the full slate of guy? Not because we got beat bad just because of who was out there. You know, like I wonder, I guess that's that's the task for Wolves fans to sort of look into that and how you feel about these first four games. Do you feel great because when you had your full team, you're 2-0 and you beat a good team in that mix? Or do you feel sort of bad because, you know, even though you're missing Towns and Okogi, you just like look like one of the worst teams in the league for two games. Like it was really like two like polar opposite sort of sort of situations here. And it's hard yeah, to like I figure think- out what it is because it's going to be well potentially before Towns comes back. I mean, we don't know. Could be, you know, we referenced knuckle pushups. But when that happened, it was something I very vividly remember from that season is how quickly Love came back it that came year. Back surprised in December. us all like, oh, he's going to be off for a while. And then like four games later he's back and i was like oh my god loves playing i wonder if we're going to get that sort of thing with the offhand the not fully dislocated uh, wrist for towns are they going to bring him back like next week i don't I, know i remember where i was that night when I was, I was driving home from work and i was, I was living in uh northeast yeah, at the time together, and, yeah. and just getting hearing the news i don't know yeah. if it was a text message or on the radio but yeah. i remember hearing the news that he's going to play tonight i was like what <laughs> it just like made my night yeah it was like we had treaded water the iron nine when we started that season oh, we only yeah. had nine players who were healthy yeah. it was like karolinko yeah. and stuff and they like held it to a respectable like 500-ish record through those first games and we were like wow town or loves back now we could actually be competitive this season and i don't think and he re-injured it did he did not it? that night but he played like two or three games and okay. then he re-injured it so okay. he came back too early was yeah the, was the yeah issue. and i gotta think that they i feel like now they have a more stable careful uh, you know, oh, yeah. conservative uh, situation. Much with better medical staff yeah. now. <laughs> Completely <laughs> so different it, world. That's probably not going to happen again. It's right. probably going to be more like a three weeks to a month. You know, like Who oh knows? man, it could really yeah. be any amount of time. It yeah. could, like it could be next week. I don't know, but but again, we, I mean, we went through this literally last year with with towns and missing games and the whole conversation of like what how do we how do we judge what matters here how do we 
pull valuable information out of these games that you don't have your far and away best player involved. Well, I think that the team has learned a lesson because last year they got rightful flack for being like, game time decision, game time decision. Oh, yeah. And and then months later, you're like, was he really a game time decision two months ago? Yeah. And so I think they've handled it better. They're just being very transparent, like, we don't know. He's, He's out indefinitely. So it's not, you know, he's not being listed yeah. as questionable, at least. We'll talk more about injuries here in a minute. But, yeah, that was just something to think. In, in a broad sense of takeaways from this yeah. year just, or from the first four games here is a sort of like how to judge it. It's just really tough. Well, I think some of the takeaways could – some stuff applied to even when Towns was here in the sense that yeah. I don't know if we can play Be- Beasley and D'Lo on, on the floor at the same time. They're that defensively. bad defensively. Yeah. The only time yeah. it ever worked is when we had yeah. Culver, Okogie, and Cat on the floor with them. you got to yeah. just surround them with at least three good defenders or at at least three passable defenders at least because they are both such sieves they cannot do anything on defense and D'Lo in particular man the Clippers were hunting for him and you know it was like a playoff game with Lou Will in it because it, Lou Will because in the playoffs everyone you just switch picks until you get Lou Will on you and, yeah exactly you and that's him. what they were doing is they were just hunting for D'Lo just switching and then going to town on him and Honestly, he, you know, even in, during a good offensive game for him, it's not enough to get make up for all the points that he's giving up. But that then takes some bad performances like he's had in both the L.A. games. He played poorly. Yeah. And if he's not scoring efficiently, then there's really no reason to have him out there because he's not doing other things for you. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, especially even with Beasley, too. I mean, Russell's going to start. He's a max player. It's going to happen. But I think talking about that pairing, Beasley's the one where it's like that's the one to watch as far as – because he hasn't blown the doors off offensively either. I mean, he had nice nights, I think, in, in Utah, coming on in the second half, hitting right. some shots. You know, so he's had moments. It's not like he's been terrible. But he did, to have him be a starter and to be like, oh, he has to start, he would have to exceed all expectations offensively, too. And he isn't quite there yet. So I think that's potentially the move they can tweak a little bit. You know, and they started Rubio, um, you know, in the, I think, was it in both L.A. games or was it just the no, second? Sunday. And Detroit yeah. because D'Lo showed up late. Oh, that's right, yeah. But so, so I think they're are willing to put Rubio in the starting lineup and I think that that's probably the move but that and again you have the Kogi thing that's that's kind of trouble but especially if Kogi can come back you know and maybe then you see a you know Rubio Russell Kogi starting group there instead right uh, I um, mean I think uh Lou Will was great to watch because he's a human torch. I mean, yeah. he it, literally did he miss a shot like it just felt like everything he was, it was doing so easy was going in guys. and it's just like yeah. Lou Will can get a basket at the drop of a dime. And we thought that's what we were getting with D'Lo and Beasley is some yeah. guys who can just get instant buckets. But then watching them struggle to do anything. There were so many like 10-0, 12-0 runs where it's just like that's the eighth consecutive uh, possession by the Wolves on offense where they didn't get a shot. It's like you can't buy a bucket. And these guys are supposed to be able to be the guys who are like, whatever, they suck on defense, but they will be able to get you a bucket when yeah. you need it. Yep. And Lou Will is that guy. And Imagine how good, I mean, Lou Will is. We all know how good he is. And he has trouble playing in the playoffs. He has trouble staying on the floor yeah. because, like we said, you just hunt him out on defense. And that's how good D'Lo and Beasley are going to need to be to on to the Timberwolves. They yeah. have to get to that offensive level just to be like a good con- contribution to the team because they are such a minus on defense. And, you know, I love, you know, they're both really cool guys. I like when they're when they're playing well. It's fun to watch. But, man, I don't know if it's ever going to work with them. You know, that's yeah. one of the biggest takeaways from the first week. Yeah, roster stuff for sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of challenging to, to to take away too much here. But I think you know maybe the other thing is that there is a lot of flexibility 
you know, with this roster. And there's a lot that's still at play. And there's a lot of spots that I, I think are up in the air. Unless you want um, somebody who's taller than 6'9", in which case there's no, no flexibility. Yeah, no, we we have, only have one of them, and he's now bigs. injured indefinitely. But we do have an empty roster spot that could be filled by a new big coming in here in a few weeks or something like I that. I was going to Google know, who's out there because... That's one of the things with, you know, uh, you know, you know, cutting, uh, you know, cutting Hollis Jefferson was, uh, you know... Not not a good thing, but uh, at least they have that spot to fill it with somebody here. We'll see who that is. So you know, I don't know. I think between like Layman and um, you know, as, and especially now with the injuries, there's just a lot of flexibility here. There's a lot of potential, um, you know, just different lineups and roster flux that could happen here. And so that's something that I think is interesting with the with the injuries and everything that we've seen in the first four games. Is that there's just not a lot that's like solidified yet, and uh, and not that we thought that was going to be the case. Obviously, it's a, the youngest team in the league and. A lot of new guys and a lot of new roles so a lot to be figured out here and i think something that's a little troubling from first week is it's easy to see like man have we put such a premium on spacing like we we did not sign defensive guys we you know put all of our money in shooters to kind yeah. of create space and then you you get one guy on the floor who can't shoot and all that spacing collapses it's yeah. really incredible to watch how quickly that spacing goes away if you're playing one or even two like not great shooters it's like oh my god you know so i can see the the need to have Malik and Delo on the floor at the same time for that but uh, that's always interesting. We're like, oh, where did all the spacing go? Oh, it's because Ricky and Culver are on the floor, you know, or something like that. But yeah, I mean, we mentioned Culver too. He had a, you know, when he is playing Up as well down. as he did in the first two games, it raises the level that we expect this team, how good this team could be. Because yeah. we rid him off as a nothing. We were really not thinking we were going to get anything from him. And if he's that confident looking guy who's really locking up, taking the best defensive assignments, playing great defense. And contributing on the offensive end, not having his, you know, yips on the free throw line or around the rim, then it looks like, oh man, this team could this team could be five wins better than I thought they would be just because of this. But yeah, they're suddenly a lot deeper if he's if he's a real contributor. But it seems like it's a it's a, it's all a mental thing. It seems like because at first I, I was like, man, he's so much more physically yeah. built this year. Maybe that's contributing to his confidence. But that Clippers game was so bad. You could see all the mental hesitation coming back into it. You know, the confidence yeah. was just gone. So we really need to, you know, get that right because Culver being a, a he's going to start contributor, now. Kogi, he's going to start. That that could be a big win for the season that we didn't even talk about during the season previous. All right, uh, let's let's get to the next one here, Scott. He's hitting up injuries. Injuries are a big deal. They are a uh, they are a big part of any NBA season. Um, you know the Timberwolves are not, are are not the only team uh, dealing with this right oh, now. Man, John Morant, get healthy soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, we it's uh, it's only a week into the season, and yeah, we already have John Morant, Spencer Dinwiddie out for the season. Oh, another uh, heartbreaker. Kevin Love out for a month. Uh, that's um, you know, that's Kevin Love. Now <laughs> you've got I just there's just a lot of guys. I'm trying to think of the other one. Um, there's another really really bad one that happened recently, and it's just. They just keep on coming, you know, and and uh, you know, so you know, obviously, some of that is is normal, and then some of that you can chalk it up to you know two week training camp, and uh, yeah. you know, either either you just got done with the playoffs and you're still a little weathered from that from some of these better teams, or like the Wolves, you haven't played. No in matter nine who months, you so. are, if you were not in the bubble, if you won the championship, <laughs> right. if you, you weren't in the bubble, <laughs> you did not have a regular summer. You That's know? right. Yeah, your body it, is your all messed schedule up. got all thrown off. Yeah, so yeah. We we talked about it a lot in the preseason previews. Talk Talking about like, 
oh, is there too many guards? Well, this is an issue that'll solve itself because we have depth and yep. there will be injuries and who knows how COVID will affect uh, you know yeah. players being ready. I mean, we saw the Rockets have to postpone a game because they couldn't field the you know seven or eight players yeah. they needed. Thankfully, it's only the only situation we've had so far with with that really. Yeah, and so like, but the the downside is we have the one player we had no backup for. Uh-huh. The one guy, the Man, only just guy, your best player. For, just, just in any team with losing their best player, it's like dang. That's, sure, that's but tough. I just saying like even yeah. if, if D'Lo were quote unquote our well, best player, we could go without D'Lo for a month or two. You well, know, but, and, and you mentioned John Morant. It's like they got Tyus Jones. He's just gonna step up. He's just gonna start for him. So it's gonna be you know the Memphis. To your point, the Memphis Grizzlies losing John Morant for six weeks um, is not nearly as harmful as the Timberwolves losing Carl Anthony Towns because right. you look at the backup situations for both those and Tyus Jones could start on some teams and Nas Reed uh, could not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah, and Ed Davis doesn't look good either. Yeah, so it's just like yeah. there's really nothing we can do. And yeah. I think the the most depressing part about this is like it's just immediate and maybe this is just the LA being really good thing, but like yeah. if these are the quality of Timberwolves games that we can expect while Cat is gone, it's not mm. gonna be fun to watch. It's literally not fun to watch. It's me like like losing interest in the fourth game of the season in the third quarter because we're not even playing competitive basketball. And I start looking at my phone and it's just yeah. like I waited so long for the Timberwolves to come back and I'm already just being like I don't. I don't really want to watch this because it's so so bad. Yeah, I mean the good news is is that uh, not every team or the quality of that, but I think it's somewhere in the middle. You know, I think they're still going to struggle to win games no matter who they play. I mean, they play the zero and five Wizards uh, here probably as you're listening to this on uh, on Friday the first. So. Oh God, I hope we win that one. <laughs> you got to win that one. You know, so it's like you know they're going to play. You know, and the Wizards aren't a bad bad team right now. They don't look very good, but you know they're they, not they zero and still five be, bad. Yeah, yeah, they could still be a playoff team, but uh, you know, so I think a lot of it's going to be more in the middle where. It's it's like you're probably still losing, but hopefully it's at least close. It's not going to be anything like these two. I LA will games. say though, they were so out. And, and and again, even beyond injuries, looking at the rest of the league, there's blowouts all over the league for That's good what teams I was bring and up. bad. So, there's been a lot of lopsided scores. It's, like it's preseason basketball still. It really is. I mean, and it is. I mean, we saw the Clippers. I mean. What was the joke? We didn't even have the worst <laughs> performance in the Staples Center that yeah. day when we yeah. lost the Lakers yeah, because right. the Clippers lost by like fifty. Yeah, they were down Dallas. by fifty at halftime to yeah. Dallas. Yeah, like, exactly. And it's just an incredible. And they're a good team, like we said. Uh-huh. So just like, and then there was another night, like maybe two nights ago, where I looked at the the scores at the end of the night, and it was like the worst team won every single yeah. game by yeah, like, like the Bulls beat the Sixers. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the Cavs the beat the lost. Sixers. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff happening. So that is the you know the silver lining that we can hold on to. Yeah. After watching how bad those blowouts where it's like well it's been really weird for the season so far actually that's right so yeah. so yeah so town's out uh dislocated wrist okogi had that hamstring that weird fall in la and and that that was a tough one i mean obviously it was diagnosed as a cramp right away but you know i think you know the strained hamstring looked a little bit more kind of what people feared it might have been thankfully it wasn't like a knee you know structural issue with the knee mcl acl type of thing you know hamstring while tricky and while you still need to be very careful with it that's something you can come back with and and, and play and maybe maybe you know maybe comes off the bench and if they lighten his load or something like that but you can definitely see okogi getting back in the lineup here in, in a week maybe 10 days Days. who knows but um uh you know so so that's tough because you essentially are out your your best offensive player and your best defensive player and uh that's not a recipe for winning games and nope. uh that's that's tough but thankfully at least for okogi you know unlike towns they have a lot of guys who can step up and kind of fill that role namely jared culver you know can keep uh you know keep doing his thing especially defensively especially with with josh and you know he, he's pretty much all defense hardly anything on offense and as we've seen from culver he's taken some steps 
steps forward um, confidence-wise offensively. So, you know, I think he can give you close to the same effect that Kogi's giving you right now. But uh, that's yet to be seen. That's a big uh, big moments here. I guess big games upcoming. Big stretch here for, for Culver stepping into the starting lineup potentially for – for a stretch, so um, yeah, we'll see about those injuries. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Hopefully, there's no more. <laughs> you know, who, it's tough. You know who's looking really good right now, though. Oh, who? Y- yours truly, because oh. on our season preview Scott. podcast, we all had to pick somebody to follow on Twitter, and I I picked uh, <laughs> our boy Lucas Seahaver. Oh yes, of course. Who yes, is yes, right yes. now a must follow for oh, Timberwolves yeah. fan? Oh, yeah. He already was at S E E H A F E R underscore Seahaver. And he has got just the best perspective when it comes to these injuries. Because, I mean, uh, shout out to Akon. He said, uh, I feel like I need a medical degree to understand the, <laughs> the injury list before games right now because of the like, hyper-technical terms they're yeah, using. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's why you follow, follow Lucas because he really he breaks down the medical jargon into terms that we can all understand. So yeah. uh, shout out to him. He is going to be a must-follow with all Timberwolves and kind of NBA injuries at large. Yeah, I was almost reading this, this piece he just uh, posted yesterday called what's with all the injuries in the nba on a website called the core i wonder if that's his thing it's a yeah, Substack. It's a sub i think it is it hasn't linked in his twitter but uh, it's a league-wide look at sort of what's happening around the league and uh you know who's injured and you know is it to blame on uh you know on uh, this this weird season or is it just normal so uh we'll link that in the show notes as well but yes as always lucas is one to follow when it comes to injuries all right. Um, well, yeah. hopefully, you know, hopefully he doesn't have too much to tweet about. <laughs> yeah, really. And uh, you can just yeah. follow him for his, his great writing his great instead writing. of his, yeah. his unique perspective on injuries. Let's continue on. He's on fire. Is that referring to Anthony Edwards? Ooh, it might be. He was setup. really good in the first Ooh. two games. And he still has moments, you know, where it's just like, even in the Lakers game, he hit back-to-back threes, and you're just like, yep. oh, we got we got ourselves a keeper here. You That's know? right, yeah. He's been better than I thought. You know, already he's shown skills that I didn't think he had. He's... Uh, like the way that he gets his, he could be dribbling the ball and get his defender on, pinned on his back has uh-huh. just been like a revelation. And pick and roll, yeah. Some really great passes, you know, so some left handed, you know, transition passes, wrap around guys. Like yeah. He is showing skills that are like, oh, I didn't know he already had that, Mr. 19 year old, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he looks fantastic. I mean, I think uh, I've been really impressed with his confidence. And, you know, I think that's, that's kind of a weird thing to say. We were talking off mic about the Wolves plus, uh, Marnie Gilner interview and stuff and he comes off in there you know basically bragging the entire time about how he can play every sport and do all do all those things so he's uh yeah he's 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 very confident man I bet I'd be a one from day one (laughs) exactly so you know I think that's kind of typical but winning hearts and minds around the state of Minnesota everyone's loving this kind of uh confidence this personality he's showing and I agree you know this is the opposite of Andrew Wiggins in the sense that like yeah. He, he put a mic in front of him and let him go. You know, he and, will he'll surprise you and say something really. Funny. I think it's not uncommon for especially NBA players to be confident in their abilities, no matter where you were selected and stuff. But what I like about him is that it seems like he's ultra confident, but also like doesn't think he's the best player on the team. Like yeah. he knows his pecking order, but also like has confidence in his abilities to get there eventually. So well, I like what, that. It's not going to be like a problem or anything. That's what John was saying about his IQ when he was on the show with us for the season preview, yeah, yeah. saying he's got a great basketball IQ. Yeah. 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 I think that's you know shows from that. I think it's uh, you know there are some times where he gets a tunnel vision. Yeah, you know I think there's and this is kind of the offense at a whole. There's been a lot of times where I've seen Ricky use a screen and then Beasley will be wide open and Ricky Rubio himself won't see. It, you know, <laughs> right, right. The best so passer. We, we yeah. still got to get some stuff figured out there, yeah. but there are a lot of times when. 
when Anthony Edwards, I mean, he scored what eight, ten straight points in that Dallas game preseason yeah. game. It's like yeah. when Remember he that. gets the tunnel vision, he's going to shoot it every time. He becomes a little bit of a ball stopper, especially if he's out there with the bench unit and he doesn't have like you know Cat or D'Lo out there with him. He's yeah. going to he gets a, he gets a little uh, ball stoppy. The ball dies in his hands. He's always going to shoot it, kind of, unless there's a really obvious home run pass that he can make. But I like that even – and that's a rookie thing. You know, that's a very True. rookie thing. And I like that when he gets his tunnel vision, unlike Andrew Wiggins, who is popping lawn twos and stuff, <laughs> Edwards is chucking from three. And some of yeah. these you're like, I don't think that was a very good shot. But uh, at least he's taking those and, and or getting to the rim and missing some ones right around the rim that you eventually too, you expect yeah. to go down. Yeah. He's not getting tunnel vision and doing a bunch of pull-ups in the lawn, lawn twos, you know. So we're in the he's taking the right shots. He's taking the right shots. So yeah. at the very least, there's a little bit of that, oh, he's a rookie. He still needs to wisen up a little bit with his shot selection and moving the ball because there's a lot of times where there's an open guy and he decides to shoot it instead. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm encouraged by the shots he's taking. Yeah, and I think also I, I really I, you know again he he has more passing chops than than Wiggins does. I mean I'm sorry for the Wiggins comparison. It's going to keep coming. I'm sorry. It's gonna, it's just how it is. But we didn't compare him to him, but you all did. So now we have to continue. Uh, talking and a lot about of that it. comparison's fair, but I think it's interesting to then say when it's not the case. And I think yeah, he does get tunnel vision sometimes. But I've just been so impressed by his ability to find an open man, operate in pick and roll, and, and be able to yeah you know, hit the hit the roller and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So I didn't know that's he was the gonna, stuff I didn't know he had. I don't know he was going to be running pick and rolls. As the ball yeah, handler, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he looks good when he's doing it. He looks like he he really has the game slowed down in that sense, where he's figuring that out. So that's one of the, the most game impressive. Speed things. is not a problem for him. That that is the main thing you hear rookies sites is like, oh, that's the toughest transition from college is the speed of the game. But for him, I don't know if it's just his body type or or what it is, but he is, especially when he's operating pick and roll, when he's driving to the hoop, he's the one slowing down. Yeah. He's the one beating guys with the change of pace stuff. And that's that's really tricky. And I think that's really um, nice to see from your 19-year-old from your rookie that that is not really the problem. It's kind of a bunch of other things. Again, the shot selection a little bit. Figuring out how the game works, you know, when to pass, when to shoot. That stuff's going to come in time. He's so, got a little bit of that Westbrook yeah. in him where it's like if he <laughs> if he hits two or threes early, he's going to take another five or six. <laughs> right, in might the not game, be the best you know? thing. Yeah. He sees the shot going a couple times and he's like, okay, I, I'm now shooting like four for five. I'm going to end this game shooting six for 17 now, you know, yeah. something like that. But yeah, so it's been a good start for the Rook. And, uh, you know, the last, obviously, the Laker, I mean, the LA games, they were they were good for nobody. So it's yeah. not like we can be like, oh, he was, he was awful in those games. Games. Like, well, everyone kind of pooped the bed in that one. I mean, but. besides maybe Culver's early development, uh, there's nothing that's excited me yeah. more about the season than Anthony Edwards. He yeah. has been a revelation. I thought when you have the number one pick. This I, is what it's supposed to look like. I, but we were all told this is going to be his year. Exactly. Like, you're lucky if he's exactly. a role player. And he comes well, in and he's flashing stuff that in game three that Wiggins never did. You know. And I think it's a it's a it's a great for the Wolves because Anthony Edwards is, is popping. But I think you look around the league and, and Wiseman's been good. Ball, maybe a little bit less so in backup minutes. But Okoro on, on Cleveland's been really good. There's been a number of rookies who have kind of, you know, again, it's super early, first week of the NBA, who knows. But I, I, can, I think we can safely say overall that the, the, the you know, first round of the 2020 draft is, is underrated. Right? Well, it's going to be better than we thought it was. Yeah, it is one of those things where everyone talks about the rookie wall, but some of it is your game gets scouted, you sure. know? Yes, and, and figure you out. What kind of adjustments will Anthony Edwards be so able to important. make once people watch these first four games of game tape on him and are like, oh, 
now I know what kind of shots he likes to take. Yep. So you're going this way. You're going to make this kind of move. It's adjustments yep. and then readjustments, and the best players are the ones who can do that. So, I mean, obviously, Edwards is going to go through some really tough stretches this season, but yep. what he's shown us early on has raised my optimism for him much higher than I thought. Yeah, especially in this weird, you know, got drafted a month ago sort of situation. Like, it would have been so easy for him to be bad this year, and we would look maybe looked over it, be like, ah, oh, tough year, mm-hmm. you know, weird draft, you know, coming in quick and doing all that. So, yeah, it's great for any rookie to show they show they have a little bit of something here, something to build off of. So, yeah, excited to see Anthony Edwards. We will be monitoring him all season, obviously. All right, Scott, let's... Uh, the Anthony Edwards Show. Oh, it is. It will be all season, hopefully. Let's jump to our sponsor here, take a little break, pay some bills, and then we'll continue on with the show. Uh, 2020 has been a tough year for many, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are no exception. Losses injuries, and a nine-month hiatus have made this past year especially difficult. Unfortunately, many of these issues are not unique to 2020 and have plagued the franchise for decades. Timberwolves fans, we're a troubled bunch. We've had to withstand multiple rebuilding efforts, regime changes, and false starts. All of that pain and strife can add up, and we understand the effects caused by repeated failure. Thankfully, there is help. Introducing Timberwolves Trigger Warning, a new app built with the traumatized Timberwolves fan in mind. Here's how it works. Upon the conclusion of any Timberwolves game, the app will analyze all four quarters and search for any upsetting elements that could potentially send Wolves fans spiraling. From blowouts to blown leads, injuries to injustices, Timberwolves Trigger Warning will keep fans safe from these all-too-familiar catastrophes. Gone are the days of nervously starting a Wolves game, unaware of night-ruining devastation that lies ahead. Enjoy watching in confidence, knowing that a triumphant Timberwolves win or reasonable, totally understandable loss are the only outcomes. So head to the iOS or Android app store and download Timberwolves Trigger Warning. Hasn't this team hurt you enough already? Thank you to Timberwolves Trigger Warning for their support of Wolvescast. Up next... Let's do some cold takes. What's cooler than being cool? Cold takes, cold takes, cold takes. 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 Getting frigid Ooh. in the studio tonight, everybody. Had to shovel multiple times this past week. That's when you oh, know. Man. It's winter. Yeah, we got double socks on. We're talking sweaters. It is uh, getting a little nippy out there. Got my crunch skin boots. <laughs> That's right. And so it's only it's only fitting that we uh, take this time to uh, dish out some icy cold takes. And uh, if you're new to the program, this is a segment where we flip the script on uh, some of the more adventurous, uh, more out there uh, hot takes. But uh, our cold takes, don't worry, we're going to be playing safe here, okay? These are, these are solid, frozen blocks of ice in the form of takes. And uh, yeah, so we each have a couple here. We both have uh, some opinions that we've brought to the show today um, that are just icy cold. And uh, we want to give them to you. We want to dish them out to you uh 
you know, they're still they're not piping hot at all. In fact, uh, they've been sitting out for a long, long time and uh, they're getting cold. So, Scott, why don't you uh, why don't you break off uh, your very first? Let me uh, put my middens on real quick and uh, get this cocoa right by my side. OK, I'm ready to go. My, my first cold take, Neil, is that it's hard to win games without your best player. This is the NBA, the highest league. And we've seen Timberwolves teams of yesterday fail to even score, you know, 20 wins in a season. Now try and win games in this league without your best player. You know, we already knew this was going to be a tight season for the Timberwolves. I think we all bet the under on the over-under. Uh, we picked win totals in the high 20s. And that was with Carl Anthony Towns, all-NBA talent, all-star player on the roster doing his thing. Now take away that, and what do you have left? Well, you have a supporting cast with no star, is what you have. It's like having watching Hamilton, only Lin-Manuel Miranda's not there. It's just Aaron Burr and a bunch of the supporting cast. Sure, it might be okay to watch, but ultimately, it doesn't work as a musical. So, just remember that, I know people will say otherwise, but it's hard to win games without your best player. Oh, wow. Wow, that is... I fr- said it. Ugh. I said it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Someone had to. Put my but, name on that. But uh, I'm glad it was you who finally uh, brought that to the forefront. Let me think about that one for, for a while. All right. Uh, I got one, too. Let me uh, let me come at you uh, with this icy cold take, Scott. Injuries are bad. Yes. Yes. Injuries, uh, you know... You might have thought otherwise. You might have thought that, you know, injuries are a way for a player to get a little bit of rest. Um, Or maybe, hey, you can see, you know, uh, how your team can work uh, in tough times. But, no, injuries are a very bad thing, okay? Um, For one, they take players out of your roster. They cannot play if they're injured. And more than that, uh, they hurt the player in the long term, okay? So once injuries happen more injuries can then follow after that. A player becomes weaker over time uh, in multiple parts of their body. They start, uh, you know, uh, overusing certain certain parts of their body and, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's really no good. So uh, if you were under the impression that uh, injuries could be a silver lining for your team, uh, that's wrong. Okay, injuries are bad. They're always bad. And uh, unfortunately, they have uh, they've come to the Timberwolves. Hmm. You've given me a lot to think about in terms of injuries. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit out there. I'm going to have to consider uh, some of your points. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, I've got one more cold take that's Ooh. been, you know, keeping my hands numb because I've been holding on to it for so long. So oh i got to let it go. All right. Well, I can't wait to see uh, what this one is. Go ahead. Take it away. Jake Lehman and Juancho Hernan Gomez are struggling. Hmm. They're having some trouble right now. These are both people who are paying millions of dollars a year to play basketball. They've reached the highest level of success. This is the best league there is. They are in this world of 7-plus billion people, probably getting close to 8 billion. They are one of the 300 top basketball players on this planet getting paid because they are so good at their skill, their craft. But you wouldn't know it by watching them so far this season. They have looked like they don't deserve any time at the floor. And Juancho Gomez in particular... Hernan Gomez does not look like he deserves to be paid money for basketball. Maybe he should be paying us money. They can't buy a bucket, you know, even with all their millions of dollars. Cannot buy a bucket. Uh, They are just seemingly lost, missing shots they would normally make, uh, making bad reads on offense and terrible mistakes on defense. 
It really makes you wonder if they deserve to be in this league at all. But I'm saying they do deserve to be here. But right now, man, are those two struggling? Huh, that's interesting. I hadn't uh, hadn't really thought about it like that before, you know, in those in those terms. So mm-hmm. uh, that, no, that's why that's why I was waiting. I had to say it on the air. It's food for thought, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, all right, yeah. I guess I'll watch them a little bit closer in the next game to see if uh, what you're saying is correct that they are they're struggling right now. Uh, I hope it's a cold take to say they couldn't play worse. Mm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I got one more here. If uh, if we can take it, I know it's uh, it's it's uh, sub zero in the in the studio right now. Yeah. But... You know what? We're Minnesota boys. We yeah. can we can toughen up for one more cult take. All right. Here we go. All right. This is an unusual season. We we've never seen a season like this before. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sit down. Sit down for this one. Uh, it's a different kind of year. Okay. The games. Uh, every other day, essentially, you're going to be playing basketball. Uh, there is a um, there's there's this thing there's this thing called um, COVID-19 um, that is uh, currently um, sweeping the world, and uh, it is contributing to a very different kind of NBA season. Uh, it's unusual in so many ways. Okay, we have all these protocols. Um, we have no fans uh, in the arenas. Uh, the games are are, are, are are you know condensed the whole season. Only 72, 72 games um, in an NBA season. Um, I, most people don't know this, but that's actually less than a normal season. Okay, so uh, if you can think about normal seasons being eighty-two, this one's only seventy-two. So all in all, it's an unusual season. You know, now that you mention it, I have noticed it's been a weird season. Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. So. Mm, we'll probably not. We'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah. What so. are we gonna do? Like uh, uh, a socially distanced All Star game? <laughs> it's gonna happen here. Oh, well, that's nice. We're gonna elect guys to the All Star team and not send them. Oh. I don't know. I wouldn't. What will say happen that. to the Taco Bell three point shootout? Uh, Taco Bell's not getting their money for that. Oh my god! There won't be any players to shoot. I won't know what to order without all those commercials. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, let us know uh, if you have any freezing cold takes out there. Please follow us on Twitter at Wolvescast, and you can tweet at us all your thoughts about our wonderful podcast program here. Let us know your cold takes. Absolutely. All right, uh, time to move on from the takes and get to our awards. It's time for Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. That's right, everybody. It's Weekly Wolfies. It's our weekly award show. Everyone loves award shows, red carpets and stuff. So we do it every week. Oh, yes. Neil's studio has a red carpet coming mm. right into it. Oh, yeah. We're on the red carpet every week. Oh, yeah. So we didn't do it last week. And boy, I've got all these Wolfies stored up in me right now. Mm. Uh, but make a list, really, and try to get to them yeah. during the year. It's tough. But Neil, why don't you go ahead and uh, give our first Wolfie Award for this? All right. The last Wolfie Award of 2020. That's right. The last, the final 2020 to be awarded. Uh, but we got a Wolfie for uh, for John Fokey. John Fokey, uh, Minnesotan at heart. Um, you know, uh, worked, for, worked for the Wolves and the Lynx, was the voice of uh, Lynx uh, Radio for a long, long time uh, before transitioning over to Charlotte, uh, where he was uh, the radio voice of the Hornets last year. And um, mm, yeah. He's fired under tough circumstances. Yes, he had a tough year. He had an unfortunate tweet that happened, I believe, during the bubble. And um, or late last year or something like that, and uh, yeah, t- tough one for John Fokey. I know. And usually I- we don't make excuses for people who mess up on the internet because 
we're pretty uh, we're pretty out there on this pod in terms of condemning what is to be condemned. But this is one of those uh, situations where I think we both looked into it and felt like maybe some context was, uh, or, you know, it just seems like this one was a mistake. So it's uh, I can respect the Hornets organization for doing what they wanted to do, but at the same time, it's, I just feel like this is one of those uh, actually real misunderstandings. So. Absolutely, yeah. Just just uh, maybe an autocorrect or some some sort of uh, issue. You can look into it a little bit there. But John Folkey, true Minnesotan, and I know him personally from, uh, from uh, covering the links um, he was. I did not know that. Super nice to me. Yeah. He now was, I feel bad about what I said because now we're just a bunch of insiders defending our friends that are in the fat cat no. media world. <laughs> Gosh, we've become what we swore to destroy. No, 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 John. He, I mean, you know, I don't. He's not like one of my best friends, but I, <laughs> you know, he was super nice to me yeah. when, when I, you know, in like my first year covering the links, and he was always just a sweetheart to me. And I, I, I definitely think everything that happened to him was a total accident, and you know, it's it's a terrible situation. But John Folkey. He, um, yeah, he, he went out of his way to kind of talk to me and, and it, was, it was just amazing. So, yeah, I, I, got, I got love for John Folkey. But, um, you know, we're not here to talk about the controversy. He wrote a wonderful piece about Tom Hanneman on Medium and um, it was just touching and kind of uh, talked about how Hanneman uh, really took him under his wing when Folkie was coming up to the Wolves organization as a broadcaster. And, um, you know, I haven't read all the Hanneman um, uh, pieces, kind of slowly getting into him and stuff. It's, it's still pretty tough to have lost Hanny. Um, but uh, the John Folkie piece was incredible and um, just some really good anecdotes about, again, just getting started and, and, and what uh, Hanneman meant to, to Folkie as far as, you know, having, having someone who is a kind of an elder statesman um, help him out through his first few years and especially because apparently Folky got called in you know uh, to do some Wolves games when he was not ready to do that you know it was Alan Horton's job and Alan couldn't do it and and John had to go out on the road to the team for the first time and stuff so some really good anecdotes and uh, you know a really good um, summation of you know what it seems like uh, you know just an incredible guy that uh, Tom Hanneman was Um, so that's a piece on Medium and uh, we'll have that linked in the show notes of course but I'm sure there's lots of great uh, Hanneman, uh, you know, obituaries and memories out there. I haven't read the Krasinski piece yet, but it's hard. Yeah, there's just so many out there. I, I, yeah. I have. I'm not even ready to read the Chadwick Boseman ones yet. Sure, so. sure. You got to get, save out, them get for out of this year, and then I'll yeah. emotionally process everything that's happened to us. Yeah, totally. But I really enjoyed that, and especially now. Also, Folky a little bit. While we're saying here, rest in peace, MF Doom. Man, oh yeah, we lost. That was one a tough today. one today. Yep. R. Although R. We, he died in on Halloween, apparently. But oh, interesting. World found out today. So. All right, yeah. So my R. wolfie goes to John Folky. Hang in there, Folky. I know you're gonna get back on your feet uh, in this business. And uh, uh, that was a great piece about Haney that he wrote. Um, Linked right. in the show notes, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be up in the show notes for you, Scott. What you got for Wolfie this week? Well, with an honorable mention to Giannis, staying in a small market, man. Oh, good one. Your yeah. favorite could never. Let's just. Uh, That's right. Giannis. We got to celebrate these wins. You Signing know? up for when the. You get for a the... two time defending MVP who's like, you know what? I want to spend my next five years in Milwaukee. I want to be I want to be here in the tundra of the Midwest. The Culvers are just too good to leave. <laughs> these lakes are just so cold. So shout out to Giannis. I, I love it. I love to see it. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have my Wolfie. This was based on a couple weeks ago. I wanted to say it, but, you know, wasn't, you know, Gets away fitting from the you. schedule necessarily. Yeah. But uh, huge shout out to Empathy and people who have it. Uh, 
There was a You Betcha. I thought originally because of the You Betcha Basketball, it's now called the John Krasinski Don't Show. show. Yeah. Sometimes they still call it You Betcha Basketball on the show. <laughs> Great name. We love Johnny K. Yeah. But there was a whole episode just do- uh, basically dedicated to empathy and having, oh. uh, you know, fe- understanding what Towns is going through and oh, yeah. how dark of a time it is for him and how hard it must be. And I think everybody, I've seen Rachel Nichols do a piece on the jump about it. And just overwhelmingly, all the major media organizations have handled this situation with sympathy and judgment-free and very much with the message that, you know, let's support Towns as a person. Uh, He's not just a player. We got to think about how tough this is for him, which is, you know, the way it should be, but also worth pointing out because that's not the way it was even two years ago. I mean, especially in sports. Shout out to what you do on the field or on the court is what, you know, shut up and play. Yeah. Yeah. And there are many sports that handle this worse. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the NBA was bad about this. Shout out to Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan taking, tearing down a lot of the stigma surrounding mental health. And uh, shout out to the media organizations for instead of just relying on the quick, is town soft now? What does this mean for them to take time for a little bit of complexity? You know, yeah. gray doesn't sell. It's a white and black on sports media. That's what sells. But uh, <laughs> yes, you know, but yes or uh, no. yeah, exactly. But uh, it's, it's encouraging to see the media come out with that because I think that's the number one thing we're really lacking in this world right now is empathy. Totally. You know, I feel like. Most of our problems stem from a lack of empathy. So it's good to see that getting promoted. And I got to I gotta support that. So that is where my Wolfie Award's going out to. I will say, though, I was tempted. Someone that deserves a mention. Timberwolves. Always on time with the media guide every year. You know? I get players, because I'm always researching for games. And those media guides are a great source of facts and personal notes. And I can't tell you how many times a player has come to the Wolves. I'm like, okay, time to come up with some trivia about this guy. And it's impossible to find the other team's media guide. Impossible. The Wolves make it so accessible, and they keep it on time every single year. So I want to say kudos to the Wolves. And yes, this is a way of segueing into today's game. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say shame on you for not having it ready, but you're saying it is out there. It is ready. Okay. I, it is out nice. there already. And yeah, wow, first Scott, week of this pandemic season, the and media they, they guide, are on top the of it. media guide trivia is an annual tradition. Oh, I love it. I love and, diving and, in. And I, I want to give a Wolfie to you, Scott, for giving for doing three Wolfies in one. Mm. I, mean, you, I mean, hopefully you don't complain about not having any Wolfies in, uh, in future weeks because you just did three in one. It's uh, the time of year to celebrate things, <laughs> to look back and uh, award award things that are worth recognizing. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. So we're going to we're going to do a quiz on some uh, some media guide things here and um uh, scott's gonna quiz me on some things but we're gonna try and do some some uh, trivia on instagram stories oh this is yeah that's right incentive for you at home here to uh, follow us on instagram at wolvescast pod and uh scott will post uh you know a couple couple uh trivia questions after every episode that may or may not tie into the game we actually play on the show so uh yeah so i'm gonna get quizzed here but then you at home might get quizzed on instagram this I'm, weekend I'm, I'm putting aside some questions right now <laughs> Oh, I'm putting aside yeah, some questions from the quiz, yeah, because yeah. I always come with too many questions. Yeah, we got we got know? we got we got room for for four or so right here, and yeah, we'll do a few more uh, on Instagram. More than that, Check it out, right. you guys. All right, uh, shout out to two things before I ask the questions. Beasley and his personal notes, and I think I don't know if it's the agents or the players who write these, but I think it's telling <laughs> some of them. Like uh, Beasley chose the list. He chose Florida State over Maryland, St. John's, UCLA, UConn, VCU, Oregon, Wake Forest, and Georgia. <laughs> Had to go out his way to be like, I got accepted to these schools. I could have yeah, played had, for them. I had suitors. I chose. It was my choice. Like I chose schools? Florida State. Yeah. Jeez. Weird thing to keep in your personal notes. Also, I love in Culver's personal notes, 
He was named Lone Star Varsity Player of the Year by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal as a junior wow. and senior. The Avalanche. The Avalanche Journal. The Lubbock not, Avalanche Journal. Not avalanches in Texas. What Scott. a name. What a name that for a paper. can't be real. Support local media, everybody. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead. The student and... student newspaper is that what the? <laughs> no, I, I mean it sounds like maybe the city of Lubbock's paper, but you know I don't know how big Lubbock is, but yeah. apparently big enough to support a paper of some kind. Shout out to the Farmington Independent. Uh, that's not around anymore. <laughs> that's where it was covering Neil and I's high th- high school athletics. Yeah, I think they combined with Rosemount over the last few mm, years, but okay. now yeah, now they're no more. Shout out. Anyways, rest in peace. Um, let's go ahead and get started, Neil. We talk about this, uh, you know, which wolves have won NCAA championships. Oh, yeah. So my question is, which of our new wolves, new to the team this year, has won an NCAA championship? He won it with a former wolf as his teammate in college. Whoa. Okay. Current current wolf winning uh, NCAA title. Because this was, was this Final Jeopardy? Yeah, this was Final Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Players have won ago. both in NBA championships. Uh-huh. And uh, no, he has not won an NBA championship yet. But okay, he, has won an, he won it. I can give you some more clues if you I, need it. I think I have a guess, but I don't know if it's correct. I huh. Um, so the question is, which Timberwolf has won a uh, NCAA championship? Which are the new wolves? Yeah. New wolves. I guess none of the old wolves really have either. So okay, I have a guess. Um, uh, I'm gonna guess Ed Davis. Is it Ed Davis? Oh, North Carolina. For a bonus point, can you name the former Wolf who played on that 2009 North Carolina team with him? Uh, 2009 former Wolf, UNC. Who was it? 2009? Yep. He wore uh, two different numbers while playing with the Timberwolves. Uh, you own his jersey. Oh, gosh. That doesn't narrow it down enough. No, um, it doesn't. You have way too many jerseys. The man with the golden arm. Uh, sorry, I don't know. Who is it? It's Wayne Ellington. Uh, making it Wayne. Also on that team, Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, Danny Green. I was going to guess Ty Lawson. Yeah, but, Ty that, Lawson. but then you said he had two numbers because yeah. he never played for the Wolves. No, he was just drafted, drafted by the Wolves. Danny Green, Tyler Zeller, Wayne Ellington. It's funny that he played with Danny Green, and Danny Green's considered as his like, old right. vet in the yeah. league. Like, oh, he's been around for so many championships. He's been around too. So, okay, so there's that. Um, now, Malik's father played professional basketball in Chile. Okay. Chile. Chile. The Dominican Republic, Mexico, and Puerto Rico before Malik was born. But, like his grandfather and his mother, went into the acting business. So we knew John Beasley was an actor. You've seen him in The Mando, season one, episode one. He's been in a lot of other movies. Wow. Um, My question is between Dina Beasley, that's the mother, Michael Beasley, the father, and John Beasley, the grandfather, who has the most credited appearances on IMDb? Wow. Um, I'm just going to, I mean, obviously it's a straight up guess. I'll say Dina. Dina. Give me Dina on this one. Ah. Dina's the the worst answer. You okay. Okay. Uh, she has the least credits. Yeah. She only has 22. Michael Beasley, I think was surprising. He has 73, which is more than grandfather John Beasley's 65. My goodness. But it's more of an effort thing because it's a volume shooting. He has a lot of small uncredited roles almost, yeah, you know, like background yeah. guy. John Beasley was like a character in a lot of movies, you know, a Got named it. character with lines. So. Wow. It comes from a wide, a wide range of actors. Yeah. Big background. Uh, this is the first year I found the pronunciation guide. In the media guide. Oh. Now I know that it's Ashton Hagens. Hagens. Hagens, not Hagans. Okay. That's what I want to say. Hagen does. So according to the pronunciation guide, Neil, I want you to pronounce two names for me. <laughs> oh, no. How do you pronounce Wancho's last name? 
Uh, oh, who did I hear saying it sort of differently recently? Uh, maybe it was Dave Benz. Maybe Dave Benz has also read the pronunciation guide. Yeah. So because we used to say Hernan Gomez, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, so it's uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Close. It's not correct, but yeah, close. Can... It's Juancho Hernan Gomez. Hernan. Hair. Hernan Gomez. Hernan Gomez, not her. And then uh, J-O's last name. How are you supposed to pronounce it? Uh, we say it wrong all the time. We say Okogi. Yep. And it's supposed to be, oh, I don't know. What is it? I think that's. I, I think everybody says it like that. Okogi. Apparently, the media guy says it's pronounced Okoji. No way. G-H-E-E for the last That can't symbol. be. Okoji. That can't be. Right. I always thought it that's was That's like G. a Gorgi thing. G. Right, because people would always say Gorgi's name wrong. Yeah, but I've had They'd I've had I've Gorgi. heard the broadcasters say Okoji. Or I mean, yeah, Okoji before. Yeah, this is weird though. Gor- that's maybe, not how maybe, we say it. Maybe we do it because we are overcorrecting for Gorgi Jang, where everybody said Gorgi, and we're like, no, 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 it no, no, it's, it's Gorgi. But in this situation, Josh. His last name is supposed to be Okoji. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I trust the media guide. I mean, they uh, if anybody's to be trusted, it's that. I mean, they probably go right to the source. So that is an interesting one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good find. Good find. All right, yeah. Neil. Now a bit out of some personal records. Which Timberwolf player has both the highest career for a single game, three-point attempts, and also the most field goal attempts in a single game? Uh, which which current Timberwolf? Yeah. So you're saying of all the Timberwolves, which yeah. one has shot the most three pointers in a game? Uh, in any game in their career, correct. Hmm. Candidates are Beasley, Russell, and Towns. Those are the three that are uh, one, two, and three. Uh, but who? So who has like got up the most attempts and makes? It's both. The, correct. The player has the record for both. Yep. Huh. Um. Man, I I gotta say it's Russell. I'm gonna guess Russell on this one, please. You should remember it because it was against us when he was playing with Golden State. His 52-point game. It was in like November of last year. That's correct. He took 37 shots in that game. From three? No, just in total. He took (laughs) 17 from three, which is by far the most. Towns has got 15 up in a game. That's his highest. But he took 37 shots total in that game, which is just mind-boggling. Russell or Beasley? Yeah. Is is, is Beasley number two? No, Beasley's number three. He has 14, and it was on the Wolves. So 17, 15, 14. Yeah, last February for the Wolves, he took 14. Oh, gosh. This is kind of similar, Neil. How many Wolves, how many Timberwolves players have scored at least 30 points in an NBA game? How many current Wolves? Yep. Um, out of the 15, hmm, 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 have scored 30 in an NBA game. Mm-hmm. No Iowa, no no G League. Who scored 30? Okay, so we got Towns, we have Russell, we have Beasley again. The number, the, the big three scores. Yep, have scored 30. Yep. Um, hmm. After that, it gets tough. I don't think Rubio has. I don't think Hernan Gomez has. I'm stuck on three, but it feels like it could be four or five. I'm going to say, huh, I'm going to say five, because there's probably two of them I'm not thinking about. Mm, Interesting. Give me five on this one. 30 points. Four. Four. (laughs) So close. You you were were around that. skipped over it. Oh, man. Let's put a little respect on I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. Uh, Wow, Ricky's had 30. Ricky scored 30 in a game, yeah. He's been so around he's the block. the only other one. Yep, so those are the four that's players. One. That's a good one. And that's, that's I think that's fun, because now if Anthony Edwards gets 30, we can be like, whoa! You club. Know, yeah. We will know who will have a career high when they hit 30. Nice. All right, Neil, this question. Who has an older brother who plays for the Hornets? 
Which oh, this is tricky. The, the Wolves have two. It is tricky. They have two. No, yeah, the answer is uh, is uh, Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> That's or, correct. I didn't know that, but I assumed you were doing a trick on it me because I actually don't know that the other that Willie uh, Hernan Gomez is older or younger. I wouldn't know that, but I, I, I sussed out your trick because ah. I do know that the that the Wolves and the Hornets have the amazing uh, you know brothers. They have they have two brothers, both Hernan Gomez and both. Well, actually, uh, uh, Wancho's brother Willie does not play for the Hornets anymore. Oh he shoot, is, he is with the Pelicans now. Oh dang, I didn't so know that. That was my trick. Was that one? Okay. Played on their last year. last year, okay. And, uh, the it. Hornets have Jalen, who is Jaden's yep. brother. I've seen Jalen this year; he's getting some burn. All right, I like this next one. Which two wolves listed their high school GPA in their personal notes? <laughs> um, Towns and uh, who else? Who else? Um, high school GPA. I'll say Towns, and I'll say uh, I'll say Jake Lehman. How about those? Uh, you got half of it right. Okay. Towns is obvious. Yeah. Teacher's pet. Yeah. Got to have wow. that. That's too obvious. Uh, and the other one was Oko G. G. Oko G. Yo. I guess it, it just means that you had a high GPA and you want to put it in there. But who had the higher GPA now? Uh, I have no idea. Probably Towns. <laughs> right again. Towns rocked a 3.96 GPA. Okogi was at a paltry 3.8 GPA. Uh, Towns was also on the student council, for everyone to know. Student council. Oh, that's cool. All right, Neil. Uh, how many wolves have a first name that starts with the letter J? Wow, we had a lot last year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess four. Four Js. The question was originally going to be, are there more players with the first name starting with J or players with the first name not starting with J? Because the number is seven versus eight. We have seven wow. people with the first name J. So many J's. Josh, Jake, Jared, Jarrett, Jalen, Jaden, and Juan. Wancho. Oh, yeah, Wancho. I love the, the Jarrett, Jarrett, Jalen, Jaden <laughs> yeah. connection oh, there. So many J's. That's what it should be. How many J's? <laughs> All right. And then these two I want to read because they're not going to work as well on Instagram. I will read you the personal notes, and you tell me which player this is about. Okay? Okay. First one. First dunk was a two-handed slam during a game in seventh grade. Is a big WWE fan. Favorite late-night snack is a raisin cinnamon bagel. Is a shoe collector and has about 200 pairs. Instagram is God's Baller. G-O-D-D-S Baller. Oh, wow. I don't know that handle. That's a good giveaway at the end. I was going to guess some other people. Yeah, I didn't want you to guess J.O. because he's a big sneaker collector, um, too. Huh. Who, who is that, then? Um, let me guess. Uh, let me go back to the McDaniels. Let's go back to Jaden McDaniels. Plus, you got the other Seattle guy, uh, the other Washington player, Jalen Noel. And a question I'm not going to ask was, I noticed that a lot of guys have gone to high schools in similar states. We got two New Jersey guys, oh, yep. Nas and Cat. We got two Texas guys, Vanderbilt Culver. Oh, yeah. Two Washington guys, Jaden and Jalen. <laughs> and then we have four guys who played high school in Georgia. Malik wow. Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Josh Akogi, Ashton Hagens. Oh. Which of those four won Mr. Basketball in Georgia? Ooh, it's got to be, it's got to be Ant. It's got to be Ant. Of course, it's the guy you wouldn't expect. It's Ashton oh, Hagens. Ashton oh. Hagens, the only one to win Mr. Basketball in Georgia. That's a fun Wikipedia list. Young a lot Hagens. Of, a lot of NBA players won that award. But here's my final question, Neil. Whose personal notes are these? Favorite food is pizza. Favorite NBA player is Kevin Durant. And favorite athlete outside of basketball is Odell Beckham Jr. Made his first dunk when he was in fourth grade during an AAU game. Likes to draw. I'm going back to Anthony Edwards on this one. With the football. The football in there. I have no sympathy for you. I asked you about who made a dunk in a fourth grade last season. It's Nas. Ah. 
Who? Big man. This is the big reveal. This is what I've been building up to, everybody. Nas's full name is Nazrion Hilton Reed. Nazrion. Nazrion. Now we know. I've got a thing about middle names because a lot of basketball players don't list them, and some don't have them. I've done a quiz about basketball players' middle names. So I, I learned a lot of that coming through this. Nazrion. I never knew. Nazrion. Yeah, I would not have been able to say his full name. Wow. Well, yeah. now you guys know. And guess what? I've got a bunch of questions that I am... I am pushing aside because we're already running late and uh, Neil's fed up with questions. So I'm going to put them on the IG. We did like 10 and now there's going to be a couple on Instagram as well from uh, from the media guide. So just head on over there and uh, you can answer some questions in our story. It's my favorite PDF every year. Shout out to the team. All right, everybody, that does it for uh, episode 145 of the cast. We're done with the year, and uh, yeah, welcome to 2021. As you hear this, it is a new year, and uh, it is a new season of Timberwolves basketball, so we appreciate you listening to our show as we cover it all this year. I'm Kane Asupis and beyond. So yeah, check us out on Twitter and on Instagram, and we're back here every single Friday with a new episode of Wolves Cast. So tell your friends, and uh, hopefully the Timberwolves get through this tough period of having two of their best players injured, and some better basketball is ahead. As they say, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and a Happy New Year. Ed Davis, North Carolina, playing in his, for his seventh team now, Ed Davis. The Sacramento Kings. Oh, you oh, yeah. fucking him into it, Shaq. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Big dummy. I was going to say the Timberwolves, oh, actually.